Hey, it's Andrew, and today on the show we have Bano Siozos, co-founder and CEO of LearnWorlds. In this episode, we talked about what it was like for Banos to take the leap from a job in education and parliament to starting his own company, how COVID has impacted the e-learning industry, and how LearnWorlds funnel tripled in just one day. We also discussed how LearnWorld is retaining its customers in this new breed of teachers, how they use their own product to onboard their customers and educate them on how to succeed, and more. As usual, I'm excited to hear what you think of this episode, and if you have any feedback, I would love to hear from you. You can email me directly on andrew at churn.fm. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and enjoy the episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Avrio, a collaborative insights platform built directly into your workflow. With a browser extension and web app, Avrio provides a new way to capture and share data analysis, user research, and learnings directly in context with your team. From data dashboards, Google Slides, and Slack threads, to inside of apps and team members' heads, Avrio captures all of your insights and creates a single source of truth. Visit avrio.com to learn how you can maximize your team's collective knowledge with Avrio. This is Churn.fm, the podcast for subscription economy pros. Each week, we hear how the world's fastest growing companies are tackling churn and using retention to fuel their growth. How do you build a habit-forming product? We crossed over that magic threshold to negative churn. You need to invest in customer success. It always comes down to, to retention and engagement. Completely bootstrap, profitable, and growing. Strategies, tactics, and ideas brought together to help your business thrive in the subscription economy. I'm your host, Andrew Michael. And here's today's episode. Hi, Panos. Welcome to the show. Hi, Anjul. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. For the listeners, Panos is the CEO and co-founder of LearnWorlds, an e-learning company that provides a white-label SaaS platform for professional trainers, organizations, and businesses to create their own personally branded online school. Uh, prior to LearnWorlds, Panos was a science and policy advisor to the European Parliament and a researcher at the Department of Informatics at the Aristotle University of Thessaloniki. So my first question for you, Panos, is what, was, what has been your biggest challenge in taking the leap from a job in education and parliament to starting your own company? Uh, well, it's, it's always strange to, to, to taste your own medicine. Uh, I have worked a lot in the, like theory about e-learning and uh, have lot, uh, worked a lot about the theory of innovation and how we can foster innovation and how we can create startups. But when you try it yourself, that's when you really uh, things, uh, see things happening and it's becoming very interesting. I think that the biggest transition, uh, the, the, the biggest obstacle for us was as engineers, we always thought well, that we, you just build it and people will come. If you just build the best platform, people will start flocking to what you have to offer. But this is not how real life works. So that's something that we had to learn in the first year when we first started doing our first MVPs and trying to sign up customers. We actually realized that we need to do marketing and we need to learn how to uh, put out our value proposition and how to present the platform, how to pitch that was, that was the, I guess, the, a major discovery for us. But after that, things started becoming quite, uh, quite um, easy uh, by presenting the platform, signing up new customers, getting feedback from customers, and improving, listening to the market and listening to the customers. I guess that's, a, that's the best thing that you can do uh, once you have a product. Very nice and interesting as well, that perspective coming from an engineer, like really undervaluing the importance and effectiveness of marketing. So in, in those days, then you got started, you launched a platform, you realized you needed marketing. Like 
where did you turn to? Like, what were some of the ideas that you came up with at Vini to try and attract people to the platform? We, we did everything manually, uh, lots of outreach, trying to convince people, trying to get people to like uh, to, to test the platform. We were trying to find who would be online training. When we first started, online training wasn't such a big thing, like people creating their platforms. I, I guess we were amongst the first platforms trying to do uh, retail e-learning, like creating a white label uh, platform and selling courses under your own website. People back then were mostly used to dealing with online marketplaces like Udemy or Coursera and all those big MOOCs. So people uh, were wondering, like, why should I create my own online tool? Why should I, uh, should I have my own website and not try to sell through a marketplace? And uh, I guess it's the same kind of, uh, of discussion that we have now uh, comparing Amazon to Shopify. So yes, you can go to a marketplace and there you can be your courses or your digital products or your physical products can be sold along thousands and thousands of other merchants, or you can create your very own store. Instead of being in a supermarket, you create your very own boutique, your very own delicatessen, but you are the owner of your data, of your audience, of your everything that happens within your school. You can promote your brand. And that's the, the difficult argument that we were trying to do back then. So we're trying to approach people uh, who were already content creators who had video, who had courses, who were trainers, and trying to convince them that online courses are the place, are the future, but also being the owner of your own outlet, the owner of your own online school is a way to go forward. So that took some convincing, but increasingly it has started, it started becoming more and more easy. And today it's obvious, like everybody wants to do their own online school, be in control of their data, of their students, manage their own community and be able to monetize their following, wherever this may come from, from YouTube, from podcast, from an existing clientele. Yeah, absolutely. I think both sides have pros and cons as well, like you said, with the marketplace. And I think probably they could both live in existence. You could be on a marketplace, but also have your own school and then just focus on mostly driving your own uh, traffic to your school and then taking advantage of other platforms like Udemy. To- yeah, totally. To- to- I totally agree. They can definitely work uh, work side by side by side, and uh, it can be a great acquisition channel, like being in a in a marketplace. But we we see what we see from our customers at least is that the the most the high value products and always the best version of their product and the, and the, the premium version, they want to keep control of it. So you don't want yeah. to hand this over to somebody else. So you use the other channels, any channel that is available to you, and then uh, you bring people over to where you are the owner of the, of the user experience, you are the owner of data, you are the, 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 the controller of, the, of your audience. Absolutely. And I definitely like, I think from a business perspective, anytime you start building anything on top of anybody else's platform uh, where you don't control the audience or the data, it's a very dangerous position to be in because you get left stranded. Like if policies change, if uh, future things update or algorithms change, and then you're stuck at the mercy of the company that you're on their platform. So definitely makes a little sense uh, the momentum that you're gaining now as well and and talking about momentum as well i think definitely like now in the light of covid19 we're now in june and uh, obviously i think definitely there's been a huge uptick in the e-learning space and uh, a lot of companies and businesses really now wanting to get online and start to take advantage uh, of e-learning but also trying to sort of adjust and change their own business models to be able to still survive 
are you seeing this at Learn Worlds? And like, what are some of the trends you're seeing uh, in that now in this headwinds from COVID-19? We're definitely seeing that. Obviously, that's a that's a, a huge uh, that's that's a one in a century event. We really hope that all these things will go away very very soon and uh, people will go back to their old uh, habits. But we have been very blessed to have been able to help thousands of uh, people over the past three months to salvage their business to transition online. If you cannot do training online right now. In many cases, you cannot do training. So there's lots of people that didn't have any other option. Obviously, those that already had an online school uh, had uh, uh, first movers advantage and they were able to multiply uh, the, their online schools in, uh, in just a few weeks. Uh, the first numbers that we were seeing from February, the, the real uptick in uh, the interest that we saw was around the 15th of March. That was like a, a, it's a cutoff date. The, our funnel uh, tripled in just a day. So we've seen that our existing customers sold their sales, their gross merchandise value, the number of sales that they had, increased by more than 120% just in the 15 days of March. So that was that was an amazing result. But we also saw consumption of online courses, again, out of existing schools, increased by 450%. So lots of people who already had courses or obviously under the extreme conditions of lockdown, being inside, not being able to do something creative or something fun, something entertaining, they one of the uh, of the of the outlets they found for their creativity and their time was uh, were online courses. So we've seen huge demand both for customers but also from end users that want to learn something new they want to to hone their skills or to just spend some quality time online if they can't go to the gym they're looking towards a, an online course uh, about fitness uh, or something like that so th- this has been an, an amazing uh, period for online courses i think the trends were already there education going online I would say also the gradual irrelevancy of traditional educational channels like universities, where obviously they're absolutely irreplaceable in terms of what they do for the for the for the society. But being able to acquire relevant, current, uh, uh, update, state-of-the-art skills, you need something much faster than a university. Also, people uh, are willing to travel online and work online. And uh, all these trends were already there. And what COVID did is actually accelerated all these things and put them like uh, in, in three months. Things that would have happened in, in, in 10 years probably happened in just uh, over a few months. And as you mentioned, lots of businesses that didn't have anything to do originally with uh, online training, like fitness instructors and the gyms and all those industries that were badly affected, they were trying to find ways to stay in contact with their customers, with be able to, to serve their clientele. And online courses were one of those uh, means. So we call this model like emergency education. Uh, for example, a yoga studio that serves 50 people or 100 people suddenly was closed and they had to try to find ways uh, to reach their customers. Initially, they turned to Zoom or to Skype, but very soon they realized that online courses are uh, something that they, they, they need to test. And once they get the first taste, they realize the potential and the scaling of online courses. So suddenly you're not limited to teaching 40 hours or to the clientele that you can find in your city or your immediate vicinity, but you can launch a great online course 
and potentially reach millions of customers all over the world. So they, they realize how online courses can really give them an, an outlet from where 24-7 they can sell a digital product without any fuss, without any logistics. In just a few seconds, you can sell a digital product all over the world. And this is something, visualization, we've seen uh, customers after the initial like three months, which where was a lot of panic and people like trying different solutions. We see that this now uh, uh, settles in and people come back. They are now more uh, determined to use online courses, more systematic. They do their search and come back and, and build real businesses on top of uh, online courses with companies like LearnWoods. Yeah, very, very interesting to sort of hear the numbers as well behind it. I think it's something very logical. I think we all sort of felt that need uh, to be creative or to do some learning uh, during lockdown. But uh, hearing it from the perspective of your side, actually having the numbers behind the business is super interesting. I think another thing as well, like you're alluding to definitely, and it, it's something sort of, you mentioned that COVID-19 only really accelerated the inevitable and the way things were moving. And I think in the context of churn and retention as well, like a lot of businesses might have seen a lot of uh, churn during this time, but ultimately, like that's also acceleration of the inevitable. If somebody was unhappy and they were thinking about cancelling, like COVID just really accelerated that for them. So uh, they may have bigger problems, but it sounds like definitely from your side, you have the inverse and it's not really uh, about focusing on churn. I think it's more about how do you retain some of these new customers now that you've acquired? Because what you're describing as well is almost like crossing of the chasm where you had your early adopters really uh, trying to build a business out, trying to bring people over from different platforms who are already doing these education courses online, who are already a little bit savvy when it came to e-learning. And then all of a sudden now you've like made a career, like a leap of uh, a giant leap to start serving the early majority now and really new people trying to learn and get online and how are you thinking about this transition when it comes to your own education, your own onboarding? Like, how are you thinking about retaining these new customers and this new breed uh, of teachers? First, uh, to to comment on something you, you mentioned, uh, mentioning churn, and uh, we have been very lucky to to have witnessed over the past couple of months negative churn in our platform. So we had customers that had online courses like last year, two years back, and they came to us pleading, like, is there uh, somewhere a backup that you can restore? Because I need to get back online my own my, my courses today, if possible. So that was uh, that was an amazing thing to, to witness as a, as a business owner. And obviously, we try to help as many people as possible to get back online and use the platform uh, the best, uh, uh, as fast as, the, as, they, as we could. And uh, regarding uh, onboarding, this is something that I have to admit that we hadn't done in the first couple of years of the company. Uh, using our own plot platform to educate our customers. We hadn't thought that about originally, so we had a much uh, a smaller size then, and we were onboarding all new customers manually, like doing uh, offering live training to them. But very soon we realized that obviously we need to eat our own dog food. So we launched our very own LearnWorlds Academy with uh, uh, free courses, teaching people how to use the platform, but also teaching people how to become successful, like how they can create the best possible version of an online course that they can, how they can sell their online courses, and also teaching them about other stuff that are in the periphery, but very relevant, uh, even how to do interactive videos or what is the, 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 the 
the proper equipment that you need in order to record an online course. So we started packaging all this knowledge and everything that we learn from our customers and every blog post or ebook that we publish, we always, uh, the first thing that we, that we know that we want to do is create an online course with this knowledge and offer it to our customers. So our academy has been uh, instrumental for both as a lead magnet uh, because the free courses that we offer, in uh, we share them in Facebook, we share them in, in Twitter, and they work amazingly as lead magnets for potential customers. Uh, I, I always say that online courses are the ebooks of 2020. So the same way that we used to, and we still do in, in, to, to a certain extent, publish an ebook, a PDF, and put it out there and expect people to sign up and uh, download the ebook and get their email or whatever. Uh, by creating an online course, you will see multiplication of the conversion rates. That's something that we've seen because online courses are much more interactive. You can combine video, you can combine text. People still get the value, but also education is the best form of marketing. Very subtle and very effective. So that was, again, a huge boost for our funnel, like getting more incoming traffic. But then uh, the Academy really helped our people get on board and try to use the platform. And even, I, I guess, saved lots of time out of our uh, support because there's always a customer support base and like uh, hundreds of uh, support articles which are very boring and people like usually get fed up and just send a ticket and try to get some human interaction but we haven't seen that with online courses because people can go through the course they can watch the videos they can see step by step step by step examples they're feeling that they're getting trained there's a, a very nice effect to that that it's not just some manual that you throw at your customers and expect them to learn uh, about how to use the platform but they feel at that point that they're getting some value out of what you have to offer so in the past uh, 3 months we signed up about 4000 uh, users in our academy Obviously, not everybody wants the academy or needs the academy. Lots of people just go on; uh, they self on board and they and they do some uh, some 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 great stuff on their own. Uh, but the academy, on its own, has been immense in helping people use the platform and take the most out of the platform, but also learning the ropes. Uh, under these extreme COVID conditions, we had lots of people that were trainers, they knew how to do teaching, but had no idea about how to market their product online. What is like a, a funnel? So we had to teach people about uh, all these uh, things. And the, the academy has been a major factor in that. And the second uh, factor, uh, complementary also, we did lots of webinars, obviously, uh, to help people. But the, even, even the webinars, we always record them and publish them in our academy so that people can go in and they can see all this treasure trove of knowledge and they feel uh, secure about us being the right tool for them uh, to help them uh, with their with the problem that they're trying to solve. Yeah, I, I love that as well. Like, especially when you're able to use your own product to do user onboarding and to be able to help and educate. Uh, you spoke to quite a couple of things though as well there. I think the one is like not only using uh, onboarding as a tool to educate how to use your product, but how to get success out of your product. And I think a lot of times as well, it really goes back to why did the user come to your product or service for? What is the problem they're trying to solve? 
And I think one thing you've identified is they didn't just come to you to set up an e-learning and set up a course that they can start selling. They actually set it up to start driving sales and to get people to buy their courses. And I think that's one key thing as well that's really, really important when it comes to onboarding is really thinking about, okay, it's not just about the features that they need to learn how to use and adopt and start uploading or creating, but it's really about how can we drive them to that first point of value where they see, okay, yes, I've created this course, but now I've actually made some money from this course. And I can actually transact and uh, build a business online. So really cool to see that you, you've not only done it from an onboarding perspective, but then it even actually turned out to be a lead magnet for you and repurposing and reusing that content uh, is a great way to sort of acquire customers. Mm-hmm. When uh, it com- I, I, yeah. totally, I totally agree. And if I may add something, sorry for, for interrupting yeah. you. If I may add something here, uh, we try to keep in, in always on our minds that it's not about us and our product. It's not about us. It's about what the customer wants to achieve. Uh, so uh, we always try to see what is their end goal. And this is whatever other metrics we have about activation and like how what people did in the platform the, and uh, like how much they used it and whether they're like product qualified and whether they're ready to sign up. The actual activation point is when you are able when people are able to get their first dollar out of your product when they they actually and, and this is also the, the nice thing about e-commerce because it's not an abstract thing once they get the first dollar in their bank account and see that okay i got this through learnwalls that's the crucial activation point because now you are you're supporting them it can be uh, very uh, small at start just something a few dollars trickling every 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 day or every week or every month but very soon you can become their main business and that's uh, that's our goal like helping people be independent and and create a full-fledged uh, online academy international academy with uh, with just the things that they know and start selling those things so it's amazing to see that uh, becoming uh, uh, real yeah i i love that as well that you're like you said it's an e-commerce business so it's not an abstract point of value you can really pinpoint like why did customers come and really as you see sort of those the dollar coming into that account like this now is an activated business and they can going i think one of the best things as well about starting a business online is being able to go to sleep and wake up with money in the bank in the morning and i think that's sort of like one of those aha moments for any person like starting to transact online that can really fuel the fire to keep them going so it's really cool that you've set that as an activation metric and not just sort of like focus on vanity metrics like accounts uh, set up and uh, courses created. And, uh, so talking through that though as well, like how far into your journey did you get to this realization in terms of the activation metrics and what are the metrics are you looking at when you're trying to get people to that point where they are able to get dollars in their accounts or euros? Uh, well, it's a, it's a, in, in some cases, it can be a long process for them. Uh, so if somebody is just starting out to create an online school uh, uh, and they don't have the content ready or they don't have an audience, then uh, it's quite difficult to get them to a success, uh, to a success point. Uh, uh, what we always look in our customers is whether they already have the content or can create the content very easily and whether they already have the audience or can create the audience. So if you're a celebrity, you might not have an email list, but you can create an email list in a a couple of weeks if you just go out on TV or something. So these are the main uh, success success points. Uh, So what we try is to get people, uh, uh, there are a few aha moments in the the process. Uh, 
uh, our platform also offers a website builder. So people, if they don't have a website, they can create a full website, the, the customer-facing front-end of their online school. They can create it very easily with, uh, with LearnWorlds. And one of the very few, uh, the, the very first aha moment is one when people go online and uh, start using the platform and putting their own logo and their own color theme on the platform. At that point, they realize that this is theirs. It's like they have they have an online school now. They have an online presence. And there are a few steps then, like helping people to customize their landing page and helping them to create their very first online course. Once people reach this point, then conversion is usually very, very close. Just uh, just a few days after after that, it's only it's uh, it's only a matter of time. Once we once they see how easily they can accomplish those steps, and then the uh, the the real the crucial part is uh, helping them get their first sale. Uh, this is where we try to help with ideas, uh, giving them all the the tools and all the knowledge about the the online the marketing tools that work in online courses whether it's like how to do PPC and how to do retargeting, how to do content marketing, which some of them take time. And uh, obviously those tools are not for everyone. But once you have the content and have a, have an audience, then getting your first dollars, is uh, it's, it can be just a few weeks away. Very nice. Yeah. And I, obviously it makes a lot of sense for different types of customers. You're going to have different uh, times to value as well, depending on the sophistication, the network, the maturity in terms of content uh, created. So are you looking at specifically like any different segments when it comes to these type of customers? Like how are you segmenting your customers when you're looking at them from the lens of sort of activation and then also in terms of retention? There's uh, the, the interesting thing, but also quite difficult from a point of view of marketing about online online courses is that they're everywhere. Everything can be taught and we have so many diverse uh, segments. It can be professional training, it can be health and lifestyle, it can be yoga, it can be coaching, it can be religious anything that you can imagine for, for kids, for adults, for seniors. So uh, we have a, a very a very diverse and very broad uh, set of uh, customer segments. So not always easy to go to, uh, to go after them and target them because learning is horizontal and happens everywhere. Uh, broadly speaking, we have uh, people that are into selling online courses. Let's say in the two main categories is if they're selling professional skills, uh, things that people want to put into value, put into a practice and, and monetize right away, or if they're selling something that has more to do with uh, uh, personal web well-being and, and, and getting uh, and getting uh, uh, and self-improvement, let's say. And there are two other interesting segments that have been increasingly uh, going much stronger for us. And the first is also, I guess, quite relevant to your audience, which is customer education. The, the thing I mentioned before about how we educate our own customers and how we get them activated and uh, and retained and and, uh, active, and active and successful within the platform. So we see lots of businesses that have uh, difficult, uh, complex services to provide or complex products or even SaaS businesses that want to, to train their customers and help them on board, create their own academies. So these people, they don't sell online courses, so they don't expect to see monetary value. But once they are start, they start signing their users and start uh, training them and 
getting them to become experts, like a LearnWorlds expert or a HubSpot expert or whatever, uh, like the HubSpot Academy uh, used to uh, used to do. Once they see this value, they, they really understand that this can be a, a great tool for their funnel and for their retention and for and for counseling uh, a churn. And also, increasingly, we have people that are doing internal training. Again, they don't want to sell online courses. Uh, they have uh, their own employees or their associates that they want to train, but they perfectly well know that they don't want a traditional LMS, which usually is clunky, is uh, expensive, it needs an IT department to set up, and where the user experience is really, it, it's it, in most cases, is quite uh, low, let's say. Uh, the, the best thing, usually, like the the... the uh, what people consider to be learning is throw a PDF or a video at you and expect you to get trained on, on something. But that, that's not how it works, especially these days. People are, and, and millennials, I guess, are used to having slick digital experiences with their iPads and their gaming devices. So that's where we're great at creating amazing learner experiences with great looking courses, mobile friendly, interactive, engaging. And we have businesses, so we haven't been... Uh, uh, that's not our, our main uh, value proposition, training your own customers, but increasingly we have people that want this consumer-grade, user-friendly, engaging uh, learning experience, and they turn to us in order to train their employees or their associates, whatever uh, audience they have to train. So, uh, And they ask us, like, uh, can we use the platform without taking advantage of the e-commerce features? And we say, yes, of course, you can. Uh, you don't need to sell, uh, to sell courses. You can just offer your, uh, your training internally or to the audiences you, you like. So these are uh, things that, again, have accelerated under COVID as more and more small businesses that are trying to, to do their training online, but they don't always have the team or the capacity or the resources uh, to use like a full-fledged LMS. And they're trying to find much uh, quicker, easier, more user-friendly tools to do the end task, to accomplish their, their objective. And uh, we, we increasingly have success in helping them uh, achieve that. Yeah, uh, so it sounds like you have sort of three distinct uh, customer segments in terms of like the use cases that they have for your product. Uh, one obviously being the online course creator who wants to make a business online out of it, two being sort of a SaaS subscription business or any company wanting to educate their customers on how to use their product. And then finally, sort of companies trying to onboard and educate their own employees and team members on uh, company policy and things about the company. So are you viewing these sort of three segments in any differentiating way when it comes to the product, when it comes to pricing and packaging? Like, are you thinking about any changes in that direction? We we already have different pricing for our corporate customers, uh, where usually, uh, I mean, in an online course where you're selling, uh, courses to the general public. These can become like quite big because you have lots of customers, but not all, all of them convert into paid customers. So we have some schools that are running with hundreds of thousands of schools. But when it comes to internal training, people usually need licenses. So you need 100, 500, 1000 licenses. So the pricing there is uh, uh, different. And eventually we will start differentiating the two lines of product. So people, we will be able to just hide the e-commerce features from people that don't want to use them, uh, which could be like businesses that do internal training or customer education or even NGOs that are not interested in, in selling online courses. So we'll, uh, there, there will be a slightly 
uh, slight customization within the product to make the, the user experience for the school owners much easier and don't get them uh, like overwhelmed with uh, salesy features or salesy content because that's not something that they, uh, that they want. They want to be. Yeah, because I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Well, like earlier, we were talking about having a really strong alignment and understanding of what the main value you're delivering and being able to measure that. Whereas within like internal education, it's not really about the dollar value. It becomes maybe about the number of users uh, using the platform or viewing it and having like a pricing and packaging strategy that's really aligned with the main value metric, I think is sort of key uh, in order to able to scale and be able to see expansion revenue, which will help you with sort of net negative churn. Overall, so it's interesting to see how you're thinking about this going forward and how you'd be able to price and package your product based on the use cases that the customer have and what their main value is that they're driving and trying to get out of the product. So I have one question as well, Banos. I see we're running up on time. Something I ask every guest that joins the show. And let's imagine a hypothetical scenario now that you've joined a new company and at this company, churn and retention is not doing great at all. You've been asked to try and turn things around for the company and uh, the CEO is looking to get results in three months, 90 days. What would be some of the activities you would want to be doing within this time frame to try and uh, get a little bit of a dent in churn and retention at the company? Uh, two things. Uh, I would spend the first two months creating the, the academy for that product or business Educate your customers, stay close to them, show them that you care for them and that you offer content, anything. You can repackage your content, you can repackage your training, your blog, uh, just provide uh, to them value and help them become successful and show that you care. And here's another interesting number uh, that I might uh, add to what I said before. We see that the conversion rate to customers of people that have signed up for our academy is more than uh, triple than those that haven't signed up to the academy. So they're three times as likely to sign up, even if they haven't used the actual courses of the academy, just by seeing that this content is available there for them and that we produce all this content and that any point they can turn to us and go in there and find that they want, they are more willing to sign up. So that's, that, that was a, uh, it took us a while to realize that, but that was, a, that was a huge aha moment also for what we are doing and what our content strategy should be and how we should approach our customers. So the first couple of months, I would just spend on creating an academy, educating my people, not about, not about my product. Again, it's about educating uh, them how to become successful and how to achieve their end objectives. And the, the other thing that I would do, let's say for the third month is provide webinars, either uh, through the academy or provide webinars online with experts, even with your internal people. You can get out your marketing team or your support team. They are the ones that know your customers and know the usual products, uh, the usual problems and uh, what people are trying to achieve and how they become successful. So uh, get this knowledge out of your uh, of the heads of your employees and, and share it with, uh, with your customers and help them become successful. These are, I guess, these are major things should be number one, according to my understanding and to the things I've seen in, in my industry, that they should be number one and two priorities for any, any SaaS business. 
coming from an educator really focusing on that education i think definitely as well like talking to onboarding and activation we we see this time and time again on the show is that it's probably one of the biggest areas where you can have an impact on general retention and it has one of the biggest compounding effects as well because if you're able to educate more users earlier on you're able to keep more of them for longer and then it just compounds uh, from there so anything like as you go up uh, the funnel and focusing on really helping users get to that value as fast as possible and how to continue and create habits out of that, uh, I think is definitely the way forward. So uh, I see we up on time now, Vanessa. I think, is any like final words you'd like to leave the listeners with? Anything they should be aware of or how to keep up to date with the work that you're doing? Uh, well, I guess people can always uh, come to our website and check out the product and see if it's something that they, that they like. Uh, we know that lots of people have needs around uh, education now. We're trying to learn this stuff. So check out uh, the, the, content, the content that we are producing and hopefully you can get some value out of that. Uh, I guess we need to just stay uh, safe stay positive and test negative uh, under these conditions. Try to uh, keep focus to our uh, businesses, our families, our, our communities, and get back online. Try to do creative stuff and, and put the things that we know out there and uh, rebuild uh, all the things that we've lost in the, in the past few months and try to provide some value uh, to ourselves, our communities, and uh, the society in general. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks a lot for that message and a lot for joining the show today. It was a pleasure learning from you as well. And I wish you best of luck now going forward. Thanks, Andrew, for having me. Have a nice day. Cheers. And that's a wrap for the show today with me, Andrew Michael. I really hope you enjoyed it and you're able to pull out something valuable for your business. To keep up to date with Churn.fm, and be notified about new episodes, blog posts, and more, subscribe to our mailing list by visiting churn.fm. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any feedback, good or bad, I would love to hear from you, and you can provide your blunt, direct feedback by sending it to andrew at churn.fm. Lastly, but most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave a review as it really helps get the word out and grow the community. Thanks again for listening. See you again next week.